Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Give me a bite. Thank you. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. It's a Saturday edition of The Riley and Kimmy Show. If you're listening to the day, it's uploaded number 1,141. Right next to me is... Kimmy! I got one name! Kimmy! Hello, everybody! Hello, everybody! 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 everybody. <laughs> Hi! Hi there. I am your host, Patrick Riley. Quite a good scene, isn't it? One man crazy... Three very sane spectators. That is the case here. Three of them right next to me. Two of them sleeping on their fur bed, yeah, their dog bed, and one of them right next to me, and that is Kimmy. Hello, Kimmy. Hello. And how are you on this Saturday? I'm doing pretty good. This is our cartoon alternative kind of thing. You know, classic uh, television had cartoons. For those who don't know who are listening, that, that millennial generation, a long time ago, they used to have cartoons on Saturday mornings, right? Mm-hmm. Did that for about uh, 30 years, they did that, and then that just kind of faded away eventually. I don't even think there's anybody uh, doing that right now, mm. running like Saturday morning cartoons specifically. Right, I don't think so. And But you can catch, by the way, Saturday morning uh, kind of cartoon, kind of fun, superhero fun. Heroes and Icons Network does that. I think they kick it off with uh, Green Hornet, and then they have the Adventures of Superman, they have Batman, they have Tarzan, mm. and a bunch of other stuff for Saturdays. Very cool. Yeah, that's way cool. That's where I am early Saturday mornings, watching Heroes and Icons. All right. Mm-hmm. You can find them if they're in your market. They're they're worth checking out. They run all kinds of groovy stuff. Also, they run the uh, Star Trek block, which I kind of like at okay. nights. You know, all the Star Trek TV shows. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, that's way cool. So everything's all right, Kimmy? Everything's great. Oh, cool. Real soon, I'll be able to announce something. That's right. Be announcing possibly where the uh, Riley and Kimmy show will be going on tour out of Florida. That's coming up. Also, a couple of locations uh, well, before sitting down for 1141, spoke with some people, and we got some uh, dates uh, for some appearances coming up around the corner, one in February this month, and one kicking off the month of March we will have. I'll be able to announce that real soon. First place we'll announce that will be on our Facebook page and our website, and you can find all our social media links right on our website. That is RileyandKimmy.com. Be sure to check them out to find out where those locations are. We'll have those posted on Facebook first. Be sure to like our page. Suspense. The Riley and Kimmy Show needs your help, don't we, Kimmy? Yes, we do. Now, the deadline for something we need your help in is coming up. It's on, uh, let's see. Monday, February 13th, and what we're looking for is votes in the Spacey Awards. The Riley and Kimmy Show is up for Best Podcast.
Yes, we need your help with the Spacey Awards. It's a deep honor for us to be nominated for Best Podcast Blogger uh, category. And, I mean, seriously, we are deeply honored for that because we're in a, a group of uh, really fine people. And time is running out, though, for the votes. You can vote on our website. We have a ballot linked right there. And we have one available right on our Facebook page. Both of them have been pinned right to the top. Easy to find. Now, Kimmy has some details what you need to do when you see the ballot. Oh, all you have to do is click the little bubble or box to the left of our name. And that's it. That's it. That is all it takes. It just takes half a second. And then also, we would love it if you'd share it. Okay, share at least with a couple of people and have them do the same. But I stress, do not like the post. That doesn't count as a vote. You have to actually click on the voting bubble or box. Yep. And kind of tell, you know, whoever, same thing too, kind of help That's us. That's right. Yeah, tell them to vote for the Riley and Kimmy Show. It'll be deeply appreciated. And the one thing you can do is uh, do this for Kimmy. That's right. Hashtag win it for Kimmy. I'm dead serious. Hashtag created by a good uh, friend to the Riley and Kimmy Show. That's Mike Kales of Mike's Dead Formats. Let's win this one for Kimmy. That's right. Let's win this one for Kimmy. That's hashtag win it for Kimmy. Kimmy's not won a single thing. This could be the big one for her. She hasn't won anything since like seventh grade in school, correct? Mm-hmm. And the 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 ending of the the voting is right at Kimmy's uh, birthday. Really close. It'd be a great Valentine's gift for her as well. And really close to her birthday. So I'd like to get that very early birthday present to her. And when the award ceremony happens for the Spacey Awards, that is right at my birthday. So it could be a double birthday award. could be a, a Valentine's gift to, well, both of us. And... Also, a early birthday gift for Kimmy, right? Mm-hmm. So help us out. Tell your friends about that. And be sure to vote for the Riley and Kimmy Show. Links right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Pinned right at the top. Also on our Facebook page. And link to our Facebook page right on our website, RileyandKimmy.com. Be sure to vote. That's right. Be sure to vote. Now, Kimmy, I have a question for you. On a Saturday, February 4th, are you rested up? Are you awake enough? Are you healed up enough to play Nerd and Pop Culture Geek Trivia? Let's do it. We'll be asking Kimmy some questions here. Now, the timeline has been jumbled up, Kimmy. It's not necessarily all running chronological linear. Some of it has been messed up a little bit little timey-wimey thing going on, and I hope people in the future who are listening to this will be shouting those answers out, because we think a time vortex has happened, and the time tunnel will go right to your ears, and those answers can come right to you. What you're playing for today, Kimmy, is an omelet of your choice, and since I am the master chef and can make them the way you like them, I will make it the way you like. Now, if you lose, you get more wrong than right. You get that customary can of spam, which we have given to the voice of Space Ghost before. That is George Lowe. So that is what you're going to win if you, well, that's what you get as a complimentary gift, if you will. A a parting gift, as they used to say on the game shows. And a parting gift, Johnny, tell us what she's won. Yeah, okay, we'll have that kind of thing going here. And today, if you'll notice, we've moved up. It's no longer generic. We moved up to the name brand stuff just for you, Kimmy, because we care about you so much. Wow, there are no words. I know. And you know what? The budget for the Riley and Kimmy show just keeps expanding and growing. So, you know, we've moved from generic luncheon meat spam to the real stuff for you. And... Get this as a bonus point. We'll let you choose the flavor. Original, turkey, or bacon as your complimentary gift if you do not get your omelet. 
Mm. I know you are thrilled. Here we go, Kimmy. Saturday, February 4th is the date. And the very first question we have for you, Kimmy, give me the year. We will give you a plus or minus of two years, Kimmy. It was on this date. American Bandstand celebrates its 25th anniversary on a certain network. Give me the year and give me the network. It had been on the on the, on the air for 25 years. Oh, let's go 1982. Kimmy misses it. Want to take one more guess? 1985. Kimmy's going the wrong way. It was 1977. That's when the 25th anniversary happened for the American Bandstand. Now tell me the network it aired on for 25 years plus. ABC. That is correct. And the host? Dick Clark. That's correct. Did you watch American Bandstand on Saturday mornings? Of course I did. Now by the time you were old enough to watch American Bandstand, it aired just on Saturday mornings, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. Because way back, for those who are older listeners, we'll be able to say, yeah, I remember that. Uh, It aired on like week uh, weekday afternoons originally that's when oh. it originally kicked in then it went to the saturday uh, morning slot so that's that's what you're familiar with mm-hmm. and did you like the what did they do did they do rate a record and stuff like that when you were yeah do you remember that at all kind of and didn't they do the jumbled up artist name game too? yeah well I, was it that or was that soul train one of those two did it i can't remember which one did that i watched them both mm. that might have been soul train i bet you were really good on that jumbled up uh Name thing. No. Yeah. You like the dance things too, though, right? The dance and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Has a good beat, easy to dance to. <laughs> that yeah. would that would have been your answer. Well, that was the typical answer. I wonder if they told them what to say. I don't think so, because they all said the same thing. Well, maybe basically. that's why they said the same thing. I don't know. Maybe keep it simple. You got four seconds. Maybe it was like that because the floor director probably only gave them a few seconds and had, you know, originally, especially if it was live, you know, you couldn't edit. Mm-hmm. They might have said, okay, you got four seconds now. Just say it's, you know, a beater, you know, whatever. Four seconds. And they're probably doing a countdown with them. Mm. You know, that's what I, I, well, if anybody was ever on the show and is listening, let us know. We're kind of curious, right? Mm-hmm. 2,000-something, Kimmy. A certain social network website is launched. Tell me the social network website that is launched 2000 something give me the year within two and tell me that social network website which just about everybody's on tell me tell me which one facebook 2003 you got it within the uh, perimeter there it's 2004 that facebook was created in a, a college person's dorm room okay can you tell me the first name of the person who created it? Mark. Ooh. Zuckerberg. Whoa. I wasn't even going to ask that. She did really? it. Really? Yes. And can you tell me the movie that is about him? Social Network. That's that's correct, Kimmy. Fantastic there. Mm-hmm. Way to go. It was on this date, Kimmy. J.W. Goodrich introduced rubber galoshes to the public. Within 25 years, when were rubber galoshes... Not boots, galoshes. Is there a difference between a galosh and a boot? I don't know. I think galoshes go over your feet or your shoe. Oh, okay. So rubber galoshes that you could pull over your shoe. Mm -hmm. When did those come to be? 1900. You miss it by a long shot. 1824 Okay. is when that happened. Did you ever wear those? Yes, I did. Now, because you grew up in the land of the... 
of ice and snow. Mm-hmm. Did you have the type of boot, rubber boot, where you put it on and had the buckles? Or did you have the, or the zipper? Or did you just have the kind you pulled right on like rubber? And it, no, you just pull them on over your shoes. Well, that's right. You weren't out in the uh, the prairie. If growing up where I did, you had those like industrial things. Mm. We put the like buckles and you buckle them up. And then they get frozen, and you couldn't get them off for a while. Oh. Oh yeah, yeah. You had to wait for them to melt. When you were a little kid. Nice. Yeah, well, not really. It was on this date, 1847 in Maryland, the first United States telegraph company was established. 1932, the first Winter Olympics were held in the United States in New York. In 1935, something we will not play, the CBS radio presented Mrs. Wiggs of Cabbage Patch for the first time. Uh, we won't have a sample of that, I guarantee. It was 1938, the play Our Town by Thornton Wilder opened in New York City. Have you ever attended a play of Our Town? Yes, I have. That didn't sound like that was a thrill. Was it a high school mm. play? College. Friends, were they in it? Is that why you went? Yeah. Did you did you tell them they did good? Mm, did you yeah. applaud? Did you applaud? Oh, of course. Did you sleep through it? Mm. Come on, be honest. Did you yeah. did you kind of fall asleep? Maybe. Right. Close. Did they try to get you to try out for it? Just out of curiosity. No. So they, these were like theatrical friends, right? Theater friends. Mm-hmm. They didn't try to get you into this. No. Okay. And you went willingly. Mm, yeah. And you snored right, right out there in the Not audience. Really. You did. You slept. I know. You I stayed awake. Barely. I bet. It was on this date in 1941. The United Service Organizations was created. What is it known as, Kimmy, in the military? The what? United Service Organizations. 1941 was created. Military personnel sure know was know what it is. Do you know what it is? Goes by a different name. USO. That's right, Kimmy. You're on your roll for the for the omelet. Have you ever heard of it referred to as United Service Organizations? No. All right. And do you realize Laura Petrie was part of the USO? No. That's how Rob met her. Oh. Yeah. Did you not watch Dick Van Dyke? Come on. Mm-hmm. That's how he met her. Did you know he? Oh. Do you know he originally did not want her as part of the role? Really? Do you know why? No. He thought she was too young for the character. Well, there was a big age difference. I don't think so when I look at it. I really don't. I don't see that as a big age difference at all. Well, she just passed away at 80. No, I mean, in reality, there was. But I mean, uh, what she was, the character she's playing, I didn't see as a big difference in age to Rob at all. Right, but there was like... What he's he? How old is he? Ninety something. Yeah. So I mean, well, there, was they were, there was an age ten difference. plus di- age difference but I, in th- years of the actors. Yes, but I think the characters they didn't they didn't look that far apart in age. No, they didn't. You know, so I I don't I don't think there was that much of a problem, and I can't actually see anybody from that time period playing that role. I think she was perfect for that role, mm-hmm. actually. Moving over to something else happening on this date in history, 1952, Jackie Robinson was named Director of Communications for NBC. He was the first black executive of a major radio television network. It's on this date. Kimmy, I will give you the year. This is almost an impossible one for you, considering what it is. Now, it's music, and you are a music expert, but you aren't exactly misfriendly when it comes to certain oldies. I mean, when I talk oldies from 1950, I would say to 1964, that is your weakness. Mm-hmm. But... A person we're going to play here. They recorded this song on this date, 1955. They are iconic 
I they had hits in the 50s, but really big in the 60s, 70s, no, and clear into the 80s. Tell me who this recording artist is. This song was released, was actually recorded 1955. Tell me who it is. Jimmy was imitated on Saturday Night Live. Can you tell me who this recording artist is? Very passionate on the stage. 1955 is when he recorded Please, Please, Please. No. Can't do it. Interesting. I thought his unique sound would trance through the time period there. You'd be able to figure it out. It's You're going to... You're gonna you say goodbye to that omelet. No, actually, you're still ahead. You'll you'll hear. I mean, you'll know who it is. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna say, "Why didn't I hear that? Why didn't I identify it?" It's James Brown. And please, please, oh. please. It's on this date, Kimmy. Within five years, give me the year. Smith Corona releases something. Smith Corona releases the portable electric typewriter. Mm-hmm. Now, the question for you is, when did the portable electric typewriter, when was it released within five years? And bonus points, tell us how much it weighed being a portable. We're, we're, 19... playing, we're playing this for those who have no idea what a typewriter is. 1955. You got it within the time frame. It was 1957. And how much did a portable electric typewriter weigh? 20 pounds. We will give it to you because it's 19 pounds is what it weighed. And that's a portable. Uh Uh-huh. Imagine lugging that thing around. It was Uh, on this date. (laughs) Yeah. Did you ever have a portable? Would you ever have a typewriter? Yeah. Electric or was it a manual? Both. Okay. Did it weigh 20 pounds? Felt like it. All right. Identify who this is. Year 1966. This song was released in the United Kingdom first. Tell me who the recording artists are and who and the name of the song. You have a five second clue. That's it. I think you can do it in five seconds or less. All right, give me five seconds or less. Tell me who that is. That's the Rolling Stones. And the song. Um, 19th Nervous Breakdown. That is correct. 1966, you got it right. It was on this date, 1969. It's Carl Perkins Day, celebrated for the first time in Jackson, Tennessee. That was one of my uh, stomping grounds up and down the radio dial at one time. Carl Perkins. I don't remember a Carl Perkins Day, though, there. Hmm. But yeah, Carl Perkins. He, he, uh, he had a restaurant there when I was stomping around in there called Catfish Cabin. Okay. My good friend who looks like Howdy Doody... You know who it is without naming him, broadcaster. I introduced him to Carl Perkins there. Okay. It's on this date, 1974, Kimmy. She was kidnapped in Berkeley, California by the Simonese Liberation Army. Can you tell me who this person was that dominated the news for a long period of time? Patty Hearst. That's exactly right. I, I thought we'd throw you on that one. 
you got, I'm surprised. I thought you would have went, I, I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> That's why we were going to get. I thought we would get sort of like when you're watching that play. You know, you'd be drifting off in snooze land on that one. Mm-mm. Moving over to something else happening on this date in history, Kimmy. The year is 1976. Tell me who this is and the name of the song that was released. Here is your clue. Less than 10 seconds. Tell me who that is. Fleetwood Mac. And the song. Rhiannon. That's correct. Released in 1976. Now, Kimmy, within two years, tell me when Fleetwood Mac released an album on this date in history. Within two years, tell me when Rumors was released. 1977. Exactly right. I have a feeling you have that in your vinyl. Oh, yeah. Do you have the uh, Rhiannon? Mm Mm-hmm. And you have the single? I think I just have the album. Okay. So on this date, 1993, Russian scientists released a giant mirror in orbit. They flashed a beam of sunlight across Europe during the night. Observers saw it only as a momentary flash. It's kind of kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, there are certain reflectives that you can see at times. There, there, there's a bunch of stargazers. That's their, their thing. They try to notate when they see reflectives mm. you know, like that. I've never seen the flash like that of stuff. Not not the Russian thing, but I mean others. There's other reflectives. Okay. That, I, I've never seen that. It was on this date, Kimmy, 1991. This person becomes the first person to host three American game shows. That's TV game shows at the same time. Now, without giving you any bonus clues, which we do have here, can you tell me who that person is who is the host of Three American game shows at the same time. Wink Martindale? No, not Wink Martindale. Now, this person hosted this show. Behind these numbers is a puzzle. Can you solve it? Thumb plus milk plus key plus way. The Milky Way. The Milky Way. If you can do that, you'll have a chance to win. One of these eight fabulous cards as we play Classic Concentration. Okay, he was a host of Classic Concentration. Do you remember that game show? No. In the 90s. Okay, and then he was a host of this one in the 90s. One of the most forgettable themes there is on planet earth it's got a lot of its roots to its original theme that is the resurrected version of to tell the truth the final one i think you'll be able to identify who this mystery host is kimmy here is the audio clue shout out the answer well please my ears don't need that please give us the answer the moment you know who that host is i know you'll know this theme maybe not right at first but i bet within 10 seconds you'll know okay here we go He is still host of this TV show, this game show. That is correct. Now, who is the host of 
of Jeopardy and classic concentration and to tell the truth in 1991. Alex Trebek. That's right. All three of those were his. Okay. You imagine what his taping schedule must have been like? Hmm. I bet that was kind of whack, don't you? Um, yeah, from... from go, go for him. Well, yeah, it was. Uh, from, from the goofy celebrity file on this date, 1996, Kimmy... Rob Politis. Do you remember who he is? Probably not. Nope. Rob Politis, formerly of Millie Vanilli, was hospitalized when he was hit over the head with a baseball bat in Hollywood. Yes, he was hit over the head with a baseball bat in Hollywood because Politis was attempting to steal a car. The owner of the car was a person who hit him. Okay. That's 1996. It was on this date in 1997. A civil jury in California found O.J. Simpson liable in the death of his ex-wife, Nicole Brown Simpson, and Ron Goldman. Goldman's parents were awarded $8.5 million in damages. The year is 1999. This celebrity was sentenced to a $400 fine, a suspended 90-day jail sentence, and ordered to attend 52 anger management classes. The sentence stemmed from, well, this celebrity assaulting an autograph seeker on July 30th, 1998, any guess who it is? Would that be um, Alec Baldwin? No. Here's your audio clue, Kimmy. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. What are you talking about, Willis? Who was it, Kimmy? Gary Coleman. That's right. Gary Coleman, 1999, that happened. Fortunately, that did not happen when you met him in Orlando. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Kimmy did meet him. Well, I, I think I could have took him. That's mean, Kimmy. That's mean. That's actually mean. <laughs> yes, we saw Gary in Orlando. One of the most unusual celebrity... I don't even want to call it a convention. I don't know what it was to this day. Did Did you say he, he, he assaulted somebody or... Here's what it was. We'll repeat it for you out of curiosity because you're curious. It was 1999. Gary Coleman was sentenced to a $400 fine. A suspended 90-day jail sentence in order to attend 52 anger management classes. This came about because he assaulted an autograph seeker on July 30th, 1998. How do you assault someone when you're like three feet tall? What would that matter? He could he he could he could be mean. He could have done something. He bite his ankles. That's not funny. That's mean. You're being mean. What if you were on the receiving end? Well, obviously, it was considered serious enough that the judge ordered 52 (laughs) anger management classes. I mean, think about that. Well, the judge. Curious how what happened. If I if I and I I didn't delve into this. I didn't know we had to on uh, this is going to be that. If I I think this might have happened when he was a security guard. And Hmm. I know he was a security guard at a while for a while at a mall. And maybe what are you what are you laughing at? Nothing. Sure, he was, and I think that's maybe where it happened. I'm not positive. Okay. I'm I don't remember for sure. But anyhow, Kimmy and I did meet him. It was one of the weirdest uh, gatherings of celebrities. I don't. I this was not a convention. Really. No. It, it was it was out at the Orlando. Let's see, the Orange County Fairgrounds, just outside of Orlando, in a swine building. I'm not making that up. Correct. Uh huh. It was out in the fairgrounds. There was fair stuff going on. It wasn't the fair putting us on. There's just two things going at the same time. There was a like a carnival barker outside of the with a the megaphone barns doorway with with a megaphone. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Peter Mayhew was there. Mm-hmm. That Chewbacca. He was friendly, cordial, great. Yep. Henry Winkler was there. Yep. 
Eric uh, Estrada. Yeah. Uh, two people appeared in uh, Harry Potter. Yep. And some collectibles in the room. Mm-hmm. That was it. Yeah. I have video of that event that I will not share because I'm protecting somebody <laughs> from it. But I will share it privately. Okay. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yes. And oh, Eric Estrada was very friendly, wasn't he? He was extremely friendly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I missed that event. Kind of wish they'd had another one. Mm. Yeah, it was actually it was very intimate, right? Mm-hmm. Got to spend some time with Eric Estrada. That was really cool. It's an event I'll never forget. No, I, that's because of what's on that video that I can't make public and never have. <laughs> yes, yeah, I kept. You know, if it had happened later in time period. That would have been on people's smartphones. And mm. I was I was videotaping events way ahead of what most people were. Mm-hmm. And it was just and I had some pretty cool small video equipment that nobody really had or could tell they were being it wasn't on purpose, it's just nobody really they just had these big video cameras and I had something really small. Mm-hmm. There was no smartphones when I recorded this that were recording stuff. And it was one of those like, oh boy, I wish I you know, I could have been evil and sold it. Mm. What's on there? Mm-hmm. Um but sort of like, you know, that Night Stalker thing or whatever, that Nightcrawler. You know, mm. I could, but no, I, I didn't do that. You know, we still have it. It's I haven't destroyed it. It's it's a shared memory. Mm-hmm. And we'll share it with some select people. Won't, won't send the file. <laughs> it's not been digitized. Yeah, you'll just have to watch it on a, a screen there and go, oh my, never seen that happen before. Moving back to the almanac and will Kimmy get her omelet or not? It was on this date, 1999. Freddie Fender received a star on Hollywood's Walk of Fame. It was a 2,000th, 129th star to be dedicated. Moving to celebrity birthdays, Kimmy. See if you can identify who this notable was. Born 1902, died 1974 at the age of 72, what he is known for, well, he's known for his solo nonstop flight from New York to Paris in 1927, later famous for the kidnap and murder of his infant son. Who is he? Charles Lindbergh. That's exactly right. I actually thought we'd throw you on that one. She did pay attention to history. So on this date, 1913, Rosa Parks was born, died 2005 at the age of 92. She's called the First Lady of Civil Rights. This person, Kimmy, I'll tell you who it is. Tell me the character he is known for. It's Conrad Bain, born on this date, 1923, died 2013 at the age of 89. He's an actor. His television credits include the leading role in the sitcom Different Strokes, and he played Dr. Arthur Harmon on Maud. Tell me the name of the character he played on Different Strokes. Mr. Drummond. (laughs) That's exactly right. Philip Drummond. You got that right. That's Conrad Bain who was born on this date in history, 1923. What are you talking about, Mr. Drummond? Yeah, he said that, too. I think he said it about every character. Kimberly, all of them, didn't he? Mm-hmm. I, I, Willis is the most one that stands out, though. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's that's the coolest one. What are you talking about, Willis? Yeah, that's one I like. All right, Kimmy, tell me who this director is. You've actually sort of, well, kind of, and did meet him. You were in his same airspace. You wouldn't let me go up to his table. You were just in a mood. You said, can we go now? Yes, he appeared at Spooky Empire before. And he's a friend of one of our good friends to the Riley and Kimmy show. He's a director best known for Night of the Living Dead in 1968. Tell me who the director is. George Romero. That's right. How old is George Romero today? Within five years. Mm, 
73. She gets it within five years. He is 77. I'm still upset with you not letting me meet him. No, I didn't do yes, that. Yes, you did. You no, stomped your foot down on me and said, I want to go somewhere else. Yes, because no, you, you, you wanted to get to the pool because the pool party was going to start in a little while that day. Yeah. Yes, she did. She would, She's like, no, come on. And yeah, yeah, my friends were there, a friend of, you know, oh, geez. Yeah, it was, it was a sad moment for me, Kimmy. It really was. Back to the birthday list. David Brenner, born on this date, 1945, died at the age of 78 in 2014. The most frequent guest on The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson. He appeared a ton of times in the 1970s and 1980s, and I always kind of didn't like that. He was, oh. not, he was not one of my favorite comedians, but I was a kid. He was all right. You liked him. And it, just, it was like, I, I ranked him right there with Joey Bishop and, you know, the others. And I was like, I don't like him. Mm. He was no Buddy Hackett. Now, that's entertainment, man. Okay. Kimmy's like, oh, my gosh, not Buddy Hackett. <laughs> She's like, don't do Buddy Hackett. I mean, that's some entertainment, Kimmy. Come All on. Right. Yeah, Buddy. All right, I was teasing you. All right, moving back to the birthday list. See if you can identify who this is. Remember, Omelette is on the line, Kimmy. Although you can walk away a, a sort of a winner with your complimentary, complimentary can of Spam. He was the 44th Vice President of the United States from 1989 to 1993 under President George H.W. Bush. Tell me who he is. He could not spell potato. What was his name, Kimmy? They had him on TV. Kid asked him to spell potato. <laughs> or, or he was asked to, he corrected a child, one or the other. I can't remember which. How soon I forget. Yes, he was a former governor of Indiana, Kimmy. Can't do it. Dan Quayle. Quayle. How old is Dan Quayle today within five? Uh, 80. He is 70 today. Kimmy, you're still on the plus side. See if you can take it home here, basically. Tell me who this birthday person is. He is the godfather of shock rock. Here is your brief clue. Tell me who this birthday person is and tell me how old they are within five years. Who is that, Kimmy? Alice Cooper. That's correct. And how old is Alice Cooper within five years? Don't tell me what he looks like. Tell me how old he is, really. 68. You got it close enough. He's 69 today. Another one, Kimmy, wouldn't let me meet at Spooky Empire. You would not let me meet him. You said, no, 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 no. We got to go over and do this. Yeah. That was another one. Not true. That is too true. How come, true. How come two of our good friends met him and I was left out in the cold? That's what happened there. This person having a birthday today. Tell me what music format or what genre he is known for, Kimmy. What musical genre? Clint Black having a birthday today. Country. That's correct. Clint Black having a birthday. How old is he within five years? Uh, 60. Barely got it. He's 55. His big time was the late 80s all the way through the 90s. I mean, he was super hot in 1989 and 1990. That is Clint Black. Moving over to another section of the Almanac. I see. It was on this date, Kimmy. This person passed away. My question for you is, what year did they die? We will give you a five plus and tell us how old she was. We'll give you a two plus on that. The person is Karen Carpenter. Karen Carpenter passed away on this date in history. What year? Within five. 1975. Totally off. 1983. Ooh. How old was she within two? 
Um, 29. You miss it, but you are so close. I'll give you a five on that one, because normally I do give you a five. She is 32 when she passes. 32 years old. Okay. Another who passed away on this date in history, 1984. See if you can tell me who this person is, Kimmy. Died at the age of 38. He's best known for his illustrations for Playboy and for Duran Duran, for whom he designed the cover of Rio. Tell me who that artist, that illustrator was. Nagel. That's right. Patrick Nagel died on this date at the age of 38 in 1984. This next person died at the age of 67, American singer, songwriter, and pianist. At the height of his fame, Kimmy, from the 1960s to the 1970s, he was the world's wealthiest entertainer. Highest paid entertainer, actually. Not wealthiest, but the highest paid entertainer. Here is your audio clue. He starred on Batman in 1966. But you have a voice of a nightingale. And remember what we're rehearsing for, the annual benefit of the Great Wayne Foundation. Listen for a moment. I'll toy idly with the keys and set the mood again. Kimmy, could you tell me who that is? Liberace. That is correct. Liberace died 1987 at the age of 67 and he played Shandell on Batman the 1966 Batman series and matter of fact he actually played two people he played Shandell the the you know concert pianist and he played his twin brother Harry who was a gangster who was extorting Shandell into a life of crime as fingers now that was the episodes the devil's fingers and the dead ringers those episodes a two-part story according to the official Batman bat book those episodes were the highest rated of all Batman episodes. Wow. Because of Liberace's popularity. Okay. Did your mother watch Liberace on TV or have his records? I think so. Yeah, I, I had a feeling that was the case. It was on this date, 1992. Somebody you won't have a clue who it is, but you know him. You know him from television because he played in television. He usually played a villain, but not always. He was on so many TV shows including The Twilight Zone, and tons of movies and the golden age of radio. He's an American actor. His name is John Daner. Died at the age of 76 in 1992. Now, he played countless roles as villains and others, things. Between 1941 and 1988, he appeared in over 260 films and television programs. If you ever watch the Doris Day TV show, they run on some retro shows. You'll see it was from the 1960s. I, I don't really like it. But he played like her boss or something in it. I can't remember what his role was with that. But his voice was so powerful. Had one of the best reads. Just a read that he had was so good. He was the original choice to play Matt Dillon on Gunsmoke on radio. He was the first choice. He turned it down because he'd been doing a lot of westerns. And he didn't want to be identified with being in a western. Hmm. And eventually, though, he would take over as Paladin and have gun will travel radio version. Now, the, this is a rare thing because in radio, usually radio shows would, not all of them, but they would inspire some TV shows, have a spinoff. This is the case where the TV show, Have Gun Will Travel, went to radio too. And the person playing the, rate, uh, the TV role did not do the radio role, which is totally like a, you know, it's like a reverse thing going on because, example, Gunsmoke, William Conrad did Matt Dillon, but they didn't want him on TV because, you know, he didn't look, the part they said and television Richard Boone was the role of Paladin but on radio 
They gave it to John Daner. And to be quite honest, I think Daner's versions are better. I think it's just a better show. It, just a, The theater of the mind is playing a part of it, too. And he was just a great read. Here's an example of John Daner. After convincing the sheriff that I was a friend of his only prisoner, he led me back to a cell where Hayboy was lying on a mattress on the floor, apparently asleep. The sheriff said he was weak because he refused to eat and that he had gotten the bruises on his face and arms in the fight with Travis. At my request, he left me alone with Hayboy. Two of the immigrants could step forward and free Hayboy, but they were afraid. Afraid of the foreman Brady and his boss, Maury Travis. Men died quickly and quietly on the Coldwater Railroad Division. I went to Travis's office, but he wasn't there. I decided to wait. After three hands of solitaire, he returned. What are you doing in my office, Paladin? Playing solitaire. Yeah, that's an example. John Daner uh, died at the age of 76. One of my favorites in 1992. 2016 saw the loss of Edgar Mitchell, lunar module pilot, Apollo 14, spent nine hours walking on the lunar surface, making him the sixth person to walk on the moon. He dies at the age of 85. Kimmy, I think, as I check it here, you have an omelet coming your way. Cool. And uh, any choice here, uh, what you want me to make here in just a few minutes? I'll think about it. All right. And what we're going to do right now is honor something from trivia. Radio Watch And that's O'Reilly and Kimmy Show. We spoke about John Daner and Have Gun, Will Travel. I thought we'd go back in time a little bit with two episodes, not what we just played here, but two episodes back-to-back, uninterrupted, of Have Gun, Will Travel. And if you check out the TV version, I think Heroes and Icons might run uh, during weekday mornings and maybe some other uh, retro TV stations. And check out the radio version, too. I think you'll find it's maybe a little bit edgier. And by the way, some of the radio episodes were written by, and even the TV episodes, the first ones, were written by Gene Roddenberry. So they're kind of cool to check out. Let's go back in time here. Here is John Daner as Paladin in Have Gun, Will Travel on the Riley and Kimmy Show. have much choice left, mister. You can throw your gun away and they'll hang you. Or you can keep it and try to use it on me. Either way, you're going to die. Have gun. Will travel. Starring Mr. John Daner as Paladin. San Francisco, 1875. The Carlton Hotel. Headquarters of a man called Paladin. Mr. Paladin? Mm. Oh, hey, boy, bring you brandy. Mm. Oh, uh, thanks. Uh, set it down. Yes, sir. Mm. 
Well, do you want me to read it to you? Oh, I beg your pardon. I should think so. Reading over a guest's shoulder is hardly the proper behavior for an oriental gentleman. You go? Go where? Where a newspaper say. A blood feud rages in New Mexico. 38 men already die. Job for you, Mr. Paladin? Maybe so, hey boy. Let's see. Violence flared again in Ren Seabree feud when Juan Carlos Morita killed James Seabree in a gunfight. Morita, a notorious killer, had hired his gun to the Wren faction. Misa Paladin make money. One side hire Morita's gun, other side hire Misa Paladin's gun. Uh, hey, boy, you've sold me. Guess you better send a wire. Yes, sir, Misa Paladin. Right now. <laughs> late afternoon when I rode into the New Mexico town, but the summer sun was still merciless, reflecting off the adobe buildings. The dirt street seemed almost deserted. The town was motionless, except for something that swung slowly from a jerry-built scaffold in the middle of the street. It was a hangman's noose, and beneath it lay the body of a dead man. Raise him. I should get him up. I never argue with a shotgun. That's better. This him, Mr. Seabreed? Where will I get a look at him? No, he's not Marita. Let him put his hands down. You, John Seabreed? That's right. How long has that body been lying there? We hung him this morning. Who is it? Marita's brother. And one Marita is supposed to come for him. Is that it? That's it, mister. Now, who are you? Paladin. You're late. Let's go inside. I don't want the job. You heard of Marita's reputation, mister? It's scary. It doesn't scare me. I just don't want this job. I've paid you $500 in advance. You'll give the money back, mister. Gladly. Here. You're mighty squeamish for a man with a gun for hire. Marita has killed nine human beings. To hunt an animal or kill her, you do whatever you have to. So you leave the brother's body unburied until Marita comes. No thanks, Mr. Seabreen. I understand that Marita is a cold-blooded killer. I know he killed your son in a gunfight that was no contest. I came here to take him for you. But I bury the dead, Mr. Seabree. Good day, gentlemen. Yes, sir. I'd like a room. My horse is outside. All right, I'll take him to the livery. You uh, staying long, mister? Uh, just the night. Can I get a bath? Well... Water's real scarce here, mister. You get a pitcher full and you can do anything you want with it. <laughs> it's real warm. I know. Uh, you the, uh, gunfighter? I'm the man Seabree brought in. Well, Rita killed nine men, some say more. He needs dying. Who are you? Well, my name's Haskell, John Haskell. You know Marita? 
He was born here. Beyond that, did you know him? Well, he, he was a friend of mine. Used to be. Now you want him dead. I told you, mister. He needs dying. The town was still quiet the next morning as I walked across the street to get my horse. One of Seabree's hands was dozing in a chair near the stable door, a shotgun in his lap. As I came out of the sunlight and walked toward the stall, I had a feeling that someone was behind me in the shadows. And I was right. Mister, is this your fight? No, it isn't my fight. Are you Morita? I am Juan Morita, and I will advise you to stay inside. He moved out of the door like a panther. The man in the chair was dead before he could raise his shotgun. Morita caught Seabree's other man as he came lurching onto the street. Then came Mr. Seabree himself. Only this time it was different. Morita's shot only wounded him. There will be no next time for you, John Seabray. Morita. I thought you said this was not your fight. You don't kill a man that way. Stay out of this. You don't kill him when he's lying on the ground, when he can't reach his gun. I tried to get to him, but I was too late and I was too slow. Before I could draw, Morita swung his gun butt down on my head. The trail I followed after Juan Morita was long, hot, and dry. The desert knows how to keep its secrets, and I had been riding for three weeks when I finally came to another small adobe town and went in to see the sheriff. Something I can do for you, mister? That depends. I'm looking for Juan Morita. Oh, that's so. You know him? Yes, I know him. I sight how long you been after him, mister? About three weeks. Do you know where he is? I know where he is. What did he do, mister? Pay you to protect him or are you just afraid? How long has it been since you read a paper, mister? Go on, pick it up. Might learn something. Amnesty. What amnesty? Read it for yourself. Three years of violence ended today when a general amnesty was declared in the bloody Ren Seabree feud in New Mexico. This true? Yeah, it's true. Go well, on, read the rest of it. The amnesty was called by Major General Thomas Hardy. The involved principals have laid down their arms and taken oaths to keep the peace. General Hardy said anyone breaking the amnesty would be summarily court-martialed and executed. Among those taking the oath was Juan Carlos... Morita. And you don't break the amnesty. It'd start the whole thing up again. Where is he? He's on his way home. To Seabreeze Town? That's right. Now, you better listen, mister. They mean it about this amnesty. You kill him, you hang. It had to stop somewhere. Let it lie. It's done. Not quite. Almost, but not quite. Mister, I know Morita. I respect him. He says he wants to hang up his gun. I believe him. Now, give him his chance. He'll have a chance. 
small campfire was nearly out, but there were still embers. The long hunt was coming to an end. Juan Morita had been there. He couldn't be far away. In fact, at the moment, he was closer than I wanted him to be. Your gun belt. Let it drop. Be quick. Now turn around so I can see your face. Ah, the man who was there with John Seabrook. I was there. That day when you shot a wounded man in cold blood. John Seabrick put a rope around my brother's neck. My brother was 18 years old. He did not even shave yet. And John Seabrick let him lie dead in the street. How many men did your brother kill? Your 18-year-old brother. What do you sell his life for, Marita? I do not want to kill you. How many men, Marita? I do not want to kill again. I do not even know you. I have no hate for you. How much are Seabrick's people paying you? How much am I worth? No charge. I want you for myself. But why? I am nothing to you. You should have made the first shot count. If you'd killed Seabree with the first shot, I wouldn't have given you a second thought. You had better stop thinking about me, mister. I am going now. If you follow me, I will kill your horse. Do not make me do that. You'll have to kill me, too. I could do that, mister. Yes, I guess you could. His gun was pointed right at my belly. He could have killed me, but he didn't. He stood there, and he started to tremble. And then... Very slowly, his gun hand dropped to his side. No. No, I will not kill you. I will not kill again. I put my life in your hands. Here, I give you my gun. Mister, I give you $200, all I got. You take me home alive. Don't let anyone lay a gun on me until I get there. A man should die among his people. I will not wear a gun again. It was a long ride home for Morita. We had time to get to know each other in the silences and in the times when we talked. Let's rest the horses a minute. All right. Oh, boy. Paladin? Yeah? You think it is possible they will let me come back? You think they can let themselves forget? I don't know, Morita. Some won't. Some may try, I don't know, but... If it were me, I'd ride west. I wouldn't try to go back. No... No, my people say a man is like a tree. You tear out his roots, he dies. No man wants to die. I have killed 12 men, Paladin. I remember the faces of each of them. I do not forget. You think I have a right to live? You have a right to try. A man speaks of death, but he is not sincere. I want to live. I want to get married. You think I'm crazy? No, Morita. Little optimistic, maybe, but not crazy. Marie, she's a woman with a tender spirit. I would give my eyes to know that I could grow old together with her. You will see her, Paladin. You will tell me if she's not a woman to behold. I'm sure she is. I will not live a week. I will not wear a gun, and I will not live a week. I was an altar boy. And now I have killed 12 men. I cannot forget. 
And if I cannot follow, then can the others? Then why go back? To try? Let's go. Morita was making a good try, and it wasn't easy. There was sullenness and suspicion through the town the day we got back. The hangman's rig still stood in the middle of the street, and there was talk that it was waiting for Morita. But he kept his word. He didn't put on a gun. And on the night of the fiesta, it looked like he might make it. You see, Paladin? You see, my Maria? I told you she is a woman to behold. You were right, one. She's lovely. The senor is very kind. And we will marry, and we will have children, and we will live together until we are old. Is that not so, Maria? Oh, Juan. It is so. <laughs> I drink too much. I talk too much. This is for you, Paladin. You dance with my Maria. I will be back in a little bit. It will be my pleasure. Maria? Would you forgive me, Mr. Paladin, if I asked you to come aside with me for a moment? I would like a chance to talk with you. Always at the service of a pretty woman, Maria. That Juan, tonight he is strong. Tonight he remembers how much we used to love each other. Do you think he will remember tomorrow when he's tired or angry or feels he must kill someone? I don't speak for him, Maria. Do you love him? A man like that, if you're a woman, he can stir you. I do not know if I love him anymore, Mr. Paladin. But I do not want to marry her. And tell him so. He has killed 12 men, senor. Do you know how simple it would be for him to kill another? Who? Another. No. No more, Maria. The killing is finished. I believe him. I'm going to marry someone else, Mr. Paladin. He is not a gunfighter. I'm afraid for him. Tell one. He won't strap on a gun. He won't kill this man. And if he tries... If he tries, I won't let him. What is this you will not let someone do, Paladin? I won't let you put on a gun, Morita. I get my word. Why should I break it? I don't think you will. But, Mari, she thinks I will. Is that it? Why, Mari? Why? One. It is said, Paladin, that only a fool stands between lovers. Why, Maria? I cannot marry you, Juan. I love you. It is too late. Too much has changed. You have changed. Another. There is another. While I was away. Who is he, Maria? I love him, Juan. I believe you. Tell me his name. Do not kill his him. His name. You know my name, Juan. I know your name, John Haskell. I called you friend. Do you have a gun friend? I own one. In the street. Tonight. Morita. Do not make me come after you, Haskell. Die big, friend. Maybe she will cry for you. Morita, you gave me your word. Maria, she gave me her word too, Mr. Paladin. And so it was not over after all. There was to be another shooting in another dusty street. And it could only come out one way. Man doesn't learn much about gunfighting working behind a hotel desk, but Haskell wouldn't hide. He came outside the hotel, wearing his gun belt awkwardly. Morita's shot caught him in the shoulder. Then it was up to me. After all, I had also given my word. 
Follow him. Do not stand in front of him. You're not going to shoot him again, Morita. Do not make me kill you. You're not good enough to fight me. We'll see. I said it. It seems a long time ago. I do not wish to kill you. You have a choice, Morita. You can throw away a gun, and they'll hang you for breaking the amnesty. Or you can fight me. I will not hang. He lay there in the street, in the shadow of the hangman's rig. Juan Morita had tried, but he couldn't live without his gun. At least he didn't hang. Something loose on that mountaintop that's bigger than any man I've ever seen. And stronger. Before I leave, I intend to find out what it is. Have Gun. Will Travel. Starring Mr. John Daner as Paladin. San Francisco, 1875. The Carlton Hotel. Headquarters of a man called Paladin. will not change your mind, Mr. Paladin. You still go? I'm afraid so, hey, boy. Oh, by the way, uh, send a dozen long-stemmed roses to Miss Julie Parker and regrets. Oh, do not go there, Mr. Paladin. Please. Why not? Why does this trip bother you so much? Oh, I read a newspaper. Monster at Moon Ridge. Lady bewitched by apparition. Oh, please, you don't go there, Mr. Paladin. I've already been hired and accepted. I'm leaving right away. Oh, then, let me, please. Well, what have you got in that jar? Please, ah, uh, yeah, dragon tooth powder. Dragon tooth? It's uh, one here, and uh, one here. Keep you from harm. Dragon's tooth powder, very powerful protection. Your new country has a better formula for destroying superstition, hey, boy? Equal parts of reason and daylight. But I thank you for the friendship behind the thought. Oh, uh, then you go. You see Mr. Vito Bella? That's right, Vito Bella. Bowtown, California. have a name for the high mountain lands back of Placerville. They call it shadow ground. Indians have a way of seeing things in the shape of a piece of land that no white man can see. So they always bypass it. Like the thunder that boiled up against the peaks and rolled down. 
But then the Indians had little use for gold and silver, and the white men did. And the white men built their town where a teepee village might have been, close to the top of Moon Ridge. It was after dark, and the sky was heavily overcast when I pulled up in front of the sheriff's office in Bowtown. Hold it right there. What? I'm looking for the sheriff. That's me. Who are you? My name is Paladin. <laughs> Riding in at night with black horse and black trail clothes. I'm surprised you didn't get your head shot off. Well, do you... you have to hold that gun on me? Come on in. He's a hobgoblin, ain't you heard? Oh, yeah, very smart. This is Jake Kelly, Mr. Paladin. He carries silver bullets in his gun. <laughs> really? Claims something grabbed him on top of Moon Ridge one night. Oh, uh, sit down. I'll pour you some coffee. Thanks. Well, where are you from, Mr. Paladin? San Francisco. Oh, that's a long way. Are you the fellow Vito said he was in for? About Emily? They must know it's bothering her. I'm going to try to find out. Who it will? I mean, I'll tell you what's wrong with Emily. She's hexed, that's what. And, and you'd know I'm talking true, Dan, if, you, if you'd ever ride up there and see her yourself. Sheriff's got to stay around town. Now, you know that. <laughs> oh, you, you ain't set foot out since the time your posse got scattered. No. That was a little accident. <laughs> a few horses run away and folks build it into something big. There ain't nothing up there. Oh, Miss Paladin... I was as far from it as I am from you. I mean, I seen it. A half man, half bear. And, and footprints this long. A human at one end, claws at the other. Well, I guess I'll have to see them, too. Boy, don't believe me. All right, all right. When you get to that Bella place, you ask Emily Bella what carried her off, hmm? Yeah, but you don't ask Dan here, no, yeah. He's sheriff. <laughs> and if he admitted there was something up there, he'd have to go on out after it. <laughs> Get out of here, Jake. Now go on. <laughs> Crazy old coot. Sheriff, is there anything valuable up there? Minerals? Grazing lands? Any reason for someone to scare people away? No. Formation ain't right for gold or silver. Indians didn't want it. Said it was full of spirits. You know, a short time ago, I was feeling superior to a Chinese friend of mine when he sprinkled dust on my coat. I forgot that he came by his superstitions honestly, that he learned them from the cradle. I, uh, I can't find the same excuse for you, Sheriff. Oh, I ain't superstitious. Why the mistletoe above your door? Oh, that. Oh, I forgot it from Christmas, I guess. There's an old belief that it wards off evil spirits. All right, Paladin. The Bella Place is north out of town. The last house on the way to Moon Ridge country. The Bella Place was run down and listless with a small light gleaming in the window and the figure of a woman seated on the porch steps, a young woman, dark, plain, no shoes or stockings, long hair, and the most vacantly staring eyes I have ever seen. Good evening. 
Miss Emily Bella? It's dark. Yes? Oh, Mr. Bella? Yes? My name is Paladin. Oh. Mr. Paladin. Call me... Oh. Momento, please. Emily. No, you promised you'd tell Papa when you stepped outside. Remember? It's cold here. And when a visitor comes, a big girl says what? Huh? How do you do? Ah. How do you do, Emily? Very good. Now you come in the house with us, huh? Emily, you, you can go to your room. A dozen years ago, there was, in this valley, an epidemic. Took my wife, almost my daughter. I'm sorry. Afterwards, Emily's body grew, but her mind... Uh, she remains a child. Wine? Please. Uh, well, this epidemic, what was it? Oh, we don't know. N no doctors here. There was a young boy who was affected the same way. People treat him like an animal. They call him names. They kick him until he's a mother. But she took him away. I saw I have to leave, too. Bring Emily here, far from the town. The land here is it's no good, but we manage. Those dolls are hers? See, she is of an age where toys are pleasant. She's fortunate to have you as a father. I think she's fortunate in other ways. Maybe you don't know what I mean, huh? Perhaps I do. There's nothing shocking, ugly about remaining a child. At the best age of all, their world is wonderful, mysterious, half-real, half-make-believe. The world you and I live in, Mr. Paladin, is not always as pleasant. Uh, I think you're a wise man, Mr. Paladin. We drink. Yeah. Salud. Salud. The newspaper said Emily was this way because of shock, some unusual experience. Uh -huh. A spell cast by the monster of a moon rage. Well, since that story is untrue, why do you want to pay me $200, Mr. Bella? You telegram us at 500 You haven't answered my question. Mr. Paladin, there is something on moon rage. It took Emily away from me for a week, and she wishes to go back to, uh, to, to it. I don't want to lose my daughter. Go on. Well, that week I search for her. I find her prints and other prints which I will not describe because... Half bear, half man. Well, you have heard, huh? Now, she will not tell me, even her father, what kept her there. But she was not harmed. She wishes to return to this, this, this yes. thing? Yes, yes. She has tried twice to run away. Then I think it's time you let your daughter go back to Moonridge, Mr. Bellum. What? The three of us will leave first thing in the morning. The morning was dark and foreboding with the threat of rain in the air. Low clouds hung over the peaks and in the valleys, twisting the trees into gnarled shapes and making the rocks grotesque and sudden to come upon. All very unreal. 
But the track we came across on the top of Moon Ridge late that afternoon was real enough. Half uh, a man, half a bear, huh? Maybe. Emily. Oh, Mr. Paladin, be honest with me, please. What make this print? I don't know, Mr. Bella. Uh, you know, it's going to be dark later than now. What is that? I'd say it was a bear. Emily! Wait. Emily, come back! Paladin, she's going down the canyon. You follow with the horses. I'll try to catch her. The canyon walls were steep and rocky, and it made the climb down them treacherous. By the time I was standing on the floor of the canyon, darkness was coming overhead. I walked toward what I thought might be the head of the canyon, only to find a wall of granite blocking my way. But no Emily. No sign of Bella. No way out. But something... Something watching me. Something old and bent in tattered clothing, witch-like in the quick look I had, and then gone suddenly. You come back here. All right. I know whoever you are. Listen to this carefully. I have a gun. I'm not going to be frightened away. Are you there? Can you hear me? I warn you that I'm going to... When I regained consciousness, I was inside an old mine shaft, a chain on my leg, minus guns. A very real-looking bear was chained across from me. There, in the dim light filtering back from the opening of the mine shaft, I saw something moving slowly toward me. Something which seemed only half human. Something old and horrible. I waited there, quiet, as the thing came closer. What do you want with me? Leave while you can. She had dropped a small sledgehammer before she turned and left. It took me the rest of the night to pound out the connecting pin so that I could remove the shackles from my leg. Outside it was morning, bright and clear. Bella! Over here! all night. Have you seen Emily? No. Uh, I found your gun and a belt, Paladin. Uh, oh, thank you very much. I didn't know what to do. I have expected to find your body. Now, let me ask you something, uh, Bella. Has anyone, has anyone ever been hurt in Moon Ridge country here, actually physically injured? No, no. Only frightened? Yes. I've been frightened too, but I'm not hurt. Bella. Hmm? I think I know where Emily is. Where? I would say up there. Huh? Beyond that cliff that backs the canyon. The cliff? Possibly a meadow behind there. Oh. That trailer would be worse than in Sicily. That it would frighten a bad rider. And with a little clever discouragement, even a good rider. Come on. Uh-huh. 
a steep trail, but a worthwhile one to follow because at the end of it, there was a meadow brilliant in the high sunlight, and there was a house with a fireplace and smoke coming from a chimney. Not very mysterious at all. Hey, someone living up here. Very comfortably, I'd say. Hey, look there, across the meadow. Emily, my Emily. Wait. No, wait for what? She may be hurt. Does she sound like she's in trouble, Bella? Look. Look, there's a boy with her. Ah. Do you recognize him? Maybe. It could be Maria's boy. The one I told you who was afflicted like Emily. Yes, the mother and son. The the, the ones they ran out of town. Mm. I think it's time that we visit her. Huh? There's no Uh, need. Maria. Yes, I... I watched you two climb the trail up there. You you have no respect for witches. But I have a great deal of respect for a clever woman. So, where else could I take my son? I, I had no money... I had to find a place where people wouldn't ridicule him. Mr. Bella suffered from the same things. See? And once we were old friends, Murray. You should have had faith in me. Well, I I should have sent her away the first time she wandered up here, but it's just so good to see children happy together. Uh, the soil is good up here? Uh, Better than below. Hmm? More sun and more water. Uh, Why talk of it? Why not? Because it, there's always a man somewhere who won't scare off, like this one. I'm sorry. Materialize an apparition on a broomstick in front of him, and he'll ask it to sweep the floor. The monster footprints I made, half mine, half a bear's, they meant nothing. I've run out of tricks. I've moved before. We can do it again. Why move? See, why move, huh? If I lived here, there would be no... Man bear track, no cave to put foolish men in and then release him to run frightened, shouting foolish things. I think since I am a man, there would be a gun in my hand and friends would be welcome, others would not. If a man has something to say, he comes right out and says it. <laughs> yes, well, I... Maria, I think. Perhaps uh, I I like your land. And I think I'll be going. I'll expect $200 to be placed in my San Francisco account, Mr. Bella. And uh, I suspect that you got more than you bargained for. (laughs) But you will get what you bargained for, Mr. Paladin, $500. You have to ride through town, I suppose, and talk to the sheriff? No, no, no. Ignorant and prejudiced people like to be deceived, and they deserve it when they are. Why confuse them with the truth? If you enjoyed that, please check out the Riley and Kimmy Show for archived podcasts, interviews, old-time radio shows, videos, and photos, all available at RileyandKimmy.com. We're asking for your help right now. The Spacey Awards are looking for the best podcast. You can place your vote for best podcast, and we hope it's the Riley and Kimmy Show, 
You can vote for us by going to our website, which is RileyandKimmy.com. And our Facebook page. We have a link to that uh, voting process. And remember, it's more than just liking our Facebook page that will get a vote. You have to actually click on the little bubble. Yes, for our name. Mm-hmm. That's the Riley and Kimmy Show. Please vote for us. We would like to thank you in advance for doing so. And we ask just one thing. Please share that with at least two people who will vote and ask them to pass it on to two more who will vote for us as well. That's the Spacey Awards. And you can find out more how to vote right on our website and our Facebook page. Link to our Facebook page is available right on our website, which is RileyandKimmy.com. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.